You're listening to Having a Chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. This week, for the third and final installment of our political miniseries, we chat with Spadina Fort York Member of Parliament Adam Vaughn. Adam's riding of Spadina Fort York in downtown Toronto is in many ways a cultural hub for the city's music scene. That, in addition to his love of soca music and his experience on Ryerson Radio, have all informed his taste in music, so we're very excited to chat with him about some tunes that he loves. This is Having a Chat. Well, Adam, thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show. No worries. Um, and uh, the first thing before we get into this, the music that you picked and the songs that I picked, um, this is the first time that we've had someone on the show who has actually been involved with uh, Ryerson Radio in the past. So uh, maybe you could tell me and our listeners a little bit a little bit about your uh, your time and your experience at Ryerson Radio. Obviously, it was a it was a different station when you were involved, but uh, what can yeah, you tell us about it? Well, as you'd be able to tell from my musical picks, I wasn't involved on the musical side as much as I was on the <laughs> on the news and spoken word side. But uh, I started at at uh, what was then called CKLN, right. 88.1 FM, um, as a in the news department, working as a, a reporter. I, the fact the first story I covered was the Morgenthaler uh, jury trial wow. in Toronto when when uh, the issue of choice and and abortion rights were were in the courtrooms. The clinic had just opened, and and there'd been a police raid, and uh, to to cover the the trial for for those of us who were interested in the issue, um, right. I decided to to work at CKLN, and let people at work, and and at that point I was coming to the arts community, and in studios and in, in places across the the city, they could they could check into CKLN. I did eleven o'clock in the morning. I did daily updates. And in fact, uh, the the verdict broke. I think about ten thirty in the morning, and I was the first on air with it. Wow, that's brilliant. So, I mean, how has your involved? I mean, you know, you you have been involved um, in certain sort of local arts organizations in the past. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you were on the board of the Toronto Arts Council. So, I mean, how has sort of um, your in, or rather, how did your involvement um, in beyond what you just explained? Uh, how did your involvement in campus radio sort of shape? your sort of outlook on politics? How did it sort of shape um, the career and field that you ended up going into? Well, it's, it's where I start my journalism career, right? I mean, I, I had, I'd been living and supporting myself as an artist, as an illustrator. I had my own studio and was working in the magazine and, and also doing some group shows around the city. The, the cartoons always had a bit of a political edge. I come from a political family, but, but right. um uh, when I started to work at CKLN, it was because I had a massive eye infection that uh, has re- that really to this day has limited my my vision in one of my eyes. And it, right. it became very frustrating to do cartooning, so I started doing journalism. I used to joke when I was a television reporter that uh, that the cartooning was was still being done, just that I wasn't doing the drawings. My cameraman was, <laughs> but my political commentary was still was still there. But but. Uh, I think what CKLN did is it is it um, rooted me and and surrounded me with uh, people who did community based politics and organizing and, right. and it, we we had a slogan at the station at the time it was on the far left of your radio dial it was it was community based 
advocacy work. We were the first station, for example, to broadcast live from Pride Day. Right. Um, we had a, a very strict anti-apartheid policy where artists who had contravened the boycott were played on the station. Right. Um, and we, and, you know, this very first story I covered was around uh, the struggle for women's right to choose and, right. and the court case around the Morgenthaler trial. So we, we're involved in community-based political organizing. Uh, and we also did a lot of international work. We did a lot of work with Radio Vencedemos and Radio Fed of Duarte in, in El Salvador. We, so right. we had a, a sister station in Chile during the dictatorship. Uh, but at a certain point, you know, I thought, you know, politics is, is best done locally and, and, right. and is most most importantly done in the communities where you live. And I, I always found that CKLN was a bit, at times, sort of would take on the world, but was afraid of its own, and, you know, the engineers at Ryerson University who tried to close us several times. Um, and I remember, I remember at a very pivotal board meeting saying, you know, how come we're not afraid to take on the CIA, but somehow the student union scares us? Mm-hmm. Um, surely we can organize <laughs> them on this campus, or who are we? And, and so I, I, I was involved politically at CKLN and got grounded with some great mentors. Norman Otis Richmond is an example. Right. It was someone who taught me more about the intersectionalities of, of race and politics and class and, and colonialism than, than any other person I've probably met since. And he, he had a very famous diasporic music program and, and right. uh, uh, still to this day is a, is a pretty notorious uh, podcaster. But, but right. that's where my politics gets informed from. Uh, and then the other part about that is that it was always in the context of, of the dance between culture and and politics uh, right. and and the roles that that you can that, that musicians and artists are as communicators but also as people who draw an audience that you can then um, um, organize into 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 political movements and right. and and in Toronto you know the community that I come from artists and politicians uh, dance side by side yeah well so I mean and that's something that's interesting for me because th- this show tends to sort of exist in the sort of to the extent that there is an overlap, the overlap between music and politics. I mean, we, we, you know, 50% of our guests roughly are musicians and then 50% of the guests are politicians. Um, so what I'd like to get your take on is just because, you know, I know that a big focus for you personally is cities. I mean, that's something that you've touched on. Um, but it, it's also interesting to hear you talk about, you know, not playing um, you know, having a sort of anti-apartheid policy with respect to the music that you played. So, I mean, what is, what is your take as a sort of a representative of an area of the city of Toronto? What is your take on just the state of the music that is being played in the city? Well, it, it's, you it, it always sounds sort of like a, like a, like a, you know, a, a, a curmudgeon at times when you start talking about back in the day. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, look, I, I represent the area of, of Toronto that has probably had some of the, the most historic uh, clubs uh, right. in terms of live music. And, and uh, you know, even in terms of what, what, uh, what happens now with DJs and, and, uh, and, and then the way music has changed is a live phenomenon. But, but, you know, the, the bamboo and, and uh, you know, even the Cameron house to this day, but also, yeah. uh, you know the, the Beverly Tavern, the, the Cabana Room, uh, the Horseshoe Tavern. Yeah. Um, there were there were, you know, at one time you could. We used to fundraise for the station by having a pub crawl on Queen Street. We'd have right. all the live music venues, jam packed with local talent, um, and and you'd buy one ticket for all clubs. And you'd bounce between them. It was a festival on on Queen Street. You know right. that that. The, the impulse of the city back then, um, and, and the connect the connection between 
um, what was happening musically in particular, but not just music. It was it was visual arts and and the printed word as as, as well as galleries. But the the art scene and the political scene, and the and the dynamic cross cultural phenomena that were emerging out of that out of that era. Um, CKLN was the radio station that was right in the center of all that, and the politics of CKLN was what connected the politics of the art to, to the culture of the politics. Right. All right. Well, with that in mind, Adam, um, we're going to kick things off with uh, the format of the show goes that I, you know, I pick the first and last song. Um, and usually if we have a musician on, I'll pick one of their songs. But uh, in this case, uh, I'm going to pick a song that I think that you'll like. It's by a, uh, it's by a constituent of yours who's, you know, uh, she, she's a, a young, very, very talented musician who's, playing at many of the the clubs that you mentioned or at least the ones that are still open um so with that this is luna lee with afterglow on cjru
Um, Alrighty, you just heard Afterglow by Luna Lee on CJRU. We are here having a chat with Member of Parliament for Spadina Fort York in Toronto, Adam Vaughn. Uh, so Adam, I've asked you to pick a few tunes for us. And, uh, and you picked uh, an artist named Nadia Baston. Um, how did you come to hear about her? Well, you know, like most people uh, in Toronto, my family is a complex combination of, of cultures and backgrounds and histories and so my, my wife my partner is is from Trinidad right. uh, and Trinidad and soca music has been a big part of my life long before even CKLN was was right. there it's just it's it's uh, Caravana and the, and the Toronto Caribbean Festival it's it's uh, even when I launched my career one of the other artists we'll hear from David Rudder was was the headliner at the uh, launch of my political campaign wow um, soca is is uh, it's a lot of different things. It's, it's, uh, Calypso is, is, is protest music. It's, it's definitely party music. Right. Uh, and, and at times, it, you know, sometimes it's just straight out fun. Other times there's, there's some politics to it. Uh, and there's some sentiments to it. And I, and a lot of the music I like, and, and one of the things I liked about uh, the artist you just played is, is the lyrics matter to me. Uh, you know, the music's great, but, but lyrics are what make me like a song. And then, right. and then the melody is what makes me fall in love with it probably. But this song by, by Nadia is, is, is uh, um, it's so sweet, it, as they would say in Trinidad. It's, it's a sentiment about, about gathering after not seeing each other for a while. Maybe it's the, right. the time of COVID is making me think this, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a real nice song about, about seeing somebody across the way at a club or a party that you haven't seen for a while and just, have, you know, you share a smile and, and uh, you share a memory, but, but it's all about being in the here and the now at the same time. So it's a, it's a sweet, sweet soca, and she's right. great. So yeah. something, so I, mean, I want to ask you about two things. So, I mean, I, first is, I mean, what is it in lyrics that draws you to them? I mean, you, you, you said that they're an important part of what sort of makes you like a song, but what is it? I mean, is it storytelling? Is it certain themes? What is it within lyrics that, uh, that draws you to a certain song? So, so when I was a young kid, I was Marshall McLuhan's paper boy for a bit. Right. And, and, and I was fascinated by the way he used to write and think. And, and the one book in particular, business is our culture, culture is our business. Um, he really explored what a cliche was. Right. And, and I, and I've always been fascinated by cliches. In fact, when I was in grade six, I said, when I grew up, I wanted to invent a cliche right. my goal. And so it's, it's the, and I think in political speech making, it's the same thing as it is in songwriting. It's, it's, it's crystallizing a moment, a time, a thought, an impulse, a, a, an aspiration, all into a perfect sentence that yeah. just sort of sums everything up. And, right. and when you hear it in a song, when, when you hear someone capture, you know, a breaking heart or, a, or a falling in love or, or, or in this case, meeting up an old friend, um, it's, it's, when, when the hook is there, it's, it's just so brilliant. And when it's there musically at the same time, it's, it's genius. And so this is one of those songs that just kind of captures the the, the 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 sweet lyric the sweet poetry of 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 friendship but at the same time it also you know you, you can dance to this one yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good music too right so i mean well then that brings me to my next question i suppose is i mean you you mentioned um when you sent over these songs that uh that the soca ones you you have seen live um yeah. and then the other songs that you picked were live tracks that you for concerts that you weren't at um what do you what do you like to see in a live show is it, is it just about dancing uh, is there is there something that you 
that, that you're typically drawn to in a live performance. Well, I, this gets back a little bit to, to, to the artist you played uh, at, at the start, Lin Lee, where, where it, like mastering and, 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 you know, making an instrument do what a live musician can do is, is to me, one of the great joy, the, the visual impact of music is, is, right. is as glorious as, it's, it's, as the audio. Uh, and I and I think that it's also the crowd. You're in a you're in a group setting, so you're you're getting the the rush of the of the emotion being felt simultaneously by hundreds of other people. Right. It's not normal actually to listen to soca um, sort of from the studio perspective. It's there. It's part of the right. way you, you sort of you, you capture old tunes and stuff. But soca is really a live musical event. It's a, right. a carnival is a live event, and the music that 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 sort of is remembered year to year. Is the music that moves the crowd that gets the, the you know the, the, that uh, that really gets the street jumping, um, and so it's funny that, that that when I went back to think about you know important songs, um, you almost you almost never first experience soca alone. You almost right. always ex experience it in a group setting, whereas a lot of the rock and roll music that this part of the the, the list I put together, um, you almost always experience that first on record. And, right, and right. the irony is, is that the live stuff to me is actually a better rendition of the studio stuff. There's something immediate right. about the live that's right. just better. In fact, when I listen to the soak, you go, oh, that, oh, it was so much better when I was at this fet down, you know, on, or or it's on the road with this group, or or is at this party with the family. It was, it's right. it's it's uh, it's it's interesting the way those the, the two sort of flip on that. The, yeah, the, the, sure. the music I experienced live, I, I can only really play studio versions, and the music <laughs> I experienced at first studio versions, my favorite versions by the artists are when they actually take it live and go in front of the crowd. Right. Well, so I mean, obviously, uh, you know, at the time that this is airing, people are not really able to go out and and witness live music, um, but at some point, you know hopefully that will change and uh and when that does change uh what are some uh what are some spots where people can go to uh to hear soca music in the city well you know the the, the culture around uh, toronto's caravan or, or caribbean festival and for those of us of an age we still call it caravana it's it's <laughs> there are all kinds of of what referred to as fets live live sort of big parties where the artists quite often are, are present you know most of the most of the folks that are on this list i've seen in toronto in fact david rudder lives in ajax most of the year right um but so so there are these parties that sort of happen at farmers fields uh, at nightclubs uh, uh they tend to be places that kind of the bamboo used to be the the, the clearinghouse where they really brought it to sort of main stage in, in mm -hmm. toronto but but you know, once you're tied into the, the community of that, that sort of uh, revolves around around Trinidad's Carnival, there are an unending number of boat cruises, parties, fets, nightclubs, private events, house parties, cooler fets. You know, you can spend your entire summer um, sort of stumbling from one party <laughs> to the next. It's 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 uh, it's it's part of the circuit in Toronto, and and it's it's as much fun as it is in Toronto. There is nothing that compares to getting to Trinidad and Tobago for it. It's it's takes it to a whole nother level. All right. Well, hopefully, when all this, uh, you know, when all these uh, quarantines and and social distancing measures uh, move to the side, people can uh, people can get out uh, and and check it all out. But until then, this is Nadia Baston with So Long. And, and I can guarantee you, this song we played it every single time. Right. As soon as it starts up again, I can hear it.
call your name. I did dance your friend and them. When last did they talk to you? So long I ain't talked to you. Go funny, you're in my sight. Didn't know you was here tonight. It looked like you're doing alright, like money running real nice. I thought you hiding. You just heard Nadia Baston with So Long on CGRU. If you're just joining us, we are here having a chat with Adam. Uh, Adam, next up, you've got a Bob Dylan song for us. What can you tell us about this tune? Yeah, this one's my anthem. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it, my, my kids will tell you, everyone will tell you, I think I have every single Dylan album ever made, plus two. And I've actually, and, and I, I, I'm one of the few people that probably enjoys him live more than on his records. Right. But, but, uh, you know, it's, it's Dylan, you know, the Nobel prize was well-placed. He's, he is, uh, he is one of the great storytellers, but also one of the great musicians, his, his, his music capacity is his, his voice and his musicality. I remember doing, I used to play in a band and we used to do a couple of Dylan songs. So one of the guys who didn't like him too much, um, at one point said, um, that, uh, that he's actually really hard to sing Dylan because the melodies are actually really much more complex than you think they are. Cause you, you hear his voice and the growling, yeah. but you don't, you don't really get tied into the melody. But, but for me, um, my, again, I love the live Dylan. I, his live albums are my favorite. And this one particular Maggie's farm on hard rain, uh, Maggie's farm to me is, is, is from a political perspective, one of the great, the great sort of, uh, uh, struggle songs it's 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 right. it's the the resistance and the and the uh the sentiment that's tied up in that is just is just such a it's just such a punch to the gut to to maggie's farm and well the it's, it's, and it's the interesting owners. you say that i mean because my my introduction to it was um it, it was actually a cover by rage against the machine who i yep. sort of consider to be one of the great sort of political um i mean i don't i guess it's up to the listener whether or not they're rock and roll, but but political rock and roll acts. Um, so what can you? I mean, you 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 talk about struggle songs. I mean, you know, John Lennon once made fun of him and said, you know, Bob, 
everyone does your songs better than you. You know that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but but and there's a bit of truth to that. Some of the cover there's a there's a couple of versions of of just all cover albums of Dylan. There's a there's a beautiful gospel one, and mm. it's not just his his sort of that sort of phase of Christianity around slow train coming, but but there. There's another one that was done, and it's like like there's a great Japanese version of uh, God. What is it? I can't remember now. But but it's 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 people love to cover Dylan songs. But but yeah. I think that the, the the Maggie's Farm and and that that politic, um, like, you know, he comes out of the protest movements of the '60s, right? At a time he was the lead voice in that in many regards. Then, he, but he, but he's a very mercurial person, and he's he's he he's if you ever read the books he's written. He speaks and talks, and in the documentary that was made about him, he speaks, he talks, he writes, and he sings with the same kind of, of you know, sort of riddled, sort of poetic kind of, and sometimes very funny, other times very confusing kind of language. Right. He's, he's, he is not, there is nothing straightforward about him at all, which I think is why over time you don't get, you don't get bored of him. I remember, I remember mm-hmm. a few years ago having the epiphanal moment of, of the song that everyone, you know, Rainy Day Woman, thirteen thirty-five, where you know, everybody must get stoned, realizing it, it had nothing to do with drugs. It was criticism. Right. You know, everybody must get criticized. You know, and then they'll yeah. criticize if you and if you read it that way, it ceases to be sort of a teenage giggle, giggle. He's smoking up kind of right. song, and it, and and it's like you know, don't worry, but you're going to get criticized. You'll get criticized walking out the door. You get criticized, you know, for asking for a little more. All those those criticisms him just sort of saying i don't care he just gone electric and he basically said don't worry they're going to criticize me yeah um it was it was a it's, it's also a great song when you look at it from that perspective but the thing about dylan is that you can and the thing about going to a dylan concert i think i've seen him do some you know twisted you know simple twist of fate or twist up and blue i've seen him do those songs dozens and dozens of times and every time he sings them the tense changes where he puts the emphasis on the memory changes sometimes he rewrites the songs completely you take a look at the bootleg albums you can see the 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 way in which the lyrics have changed as he as he fine-tunes the song um and i I think that's what i like about dylan's live concerts is that is that he 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 reapplies the song and changes the music yeah. To, 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 to make a different point, sometimes with the same melody and the same lyric. And, and that's where I see the artist of Dylan really invested in his music. Well, I mean, my understanding of just the way, you know, he would approach songs is that there was a certain degree of sort of spontaneity. Um, you know, uh, we, we had Tony Clement, a former colleague of yours from across the aisle on the show. Um, and, he, and he told the story of there, there was a fellow who was going to be playing guitar, but ended up playing organ. And, uh, and everyone on, on a song called like, uh, on a song like a Rolling Stone. And, uh, basically everyone said, oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. And then Dylan said, no, 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 I like it. Turn it up. And, uh, <laughs> and it ends up kind of making the tune. So I, I love that, that there's this, um, that there's certain, a certain spontaneity in the way that he, uh, that he approaches music, particularly in his live stuff. And sometimes there's profound indifference. Like I've seen some pretty crappy concerts when he's right. he's not quite there. But but I've also you know it's it's he's he's been around for a long time for a lot of reasons. And and his yeah. his, his his the you know picking a song, I could have done a whole show just on Dylan. But uh, mm. I chose I chose not to destroy <laughs> people's faith in me that way. <laughs> As I said, I wasn't a CKLM for my musical taste. Right. <laughs> I, I recognize how unique my love of Dylan is to me. I, I don't often play it in the car for others. Uh, all right, fair enough. Well, uh, we hope that uh, the people don't judge you too harshly for this pick then, but uh, this is Bob Dylan with Maggie's Farm. 
Alrighty, you just heard live version of Bob Dylan's Maggie's Farm. Uh, we are here having a chat with Member of Parliament for Spadina Fort York, Adam Vaughn. And uh, Adam, next up we've got uh, a song by a band that I have uh, I've been getting really, really into over the last uh, last few weeks in quarantine. Um, we've got a song by the band. Uh, it makes no difference uh, off the last waltz. What can you tell us about this tune? Well, it, the, the whole last waltz, right? It's it's uh, it was a huge part of my age myself completely now. But when I was leaving high school, mm -hmm. um, it, it came on, and it was just it just blew me away. Like the the, the range of music on on the album is, is is kind of interesting. But the fact that they're Canadian, yeah, um, you know that that Robbie Robertson, you know, sort of walked the streets where where you were walking, and and uh, at that time I knew one of his cousins, and. Uh, right. Knew him as Jamie Kluggerman, as his original <laughs> name, but it was it was also you know they were Dylan's backing band, right? So yeah. I was drawn to the the concert to so really to see sort of Dylan on stage, uh, and then was just introduced to this this force of nature, Robbie Robertson, who who was uh, one of the great guitar players, yeah. one of the great uh, musicians, and and his history of of uh, where he comes from off the of Six Nations, his his yeah. uh, mother's side being Mohawk and. And the way that evolves in his musical career, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's, you know, I, I, I like musicians that you can see thinking on stage and thinking their way through it. And if you go back and look at the last waltz, yeah. you can see how much of a leader he was within that musical scenario. But he also had a, a knack for finding, you know, the voice of Levon Helm or, or the, yeah. the, 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 the erratic sort of panic of Richard Emanuel, but also the, the musicality of, of, uh, of, of Garth Edson, who who plays the sax on this one? Right? Yeah. He's known as the big keyboard guy in the back with with the sort of the wizardry, but but the saxophone he plays here, much like the the song you played off the top. Um, you know, when you see musicians dancing around from you know piano to guitar to saxophone to drums, all within a you know in a musical ensemble, um, the musicality you know, it really sort of starts to be spoken to. But but this song, I just I just this is just a beautiful beautiful heartbreak of a song, and uh, uh, it takes me back. To, to a time and it, and it starts to sort of broaden me uh, right. in terms of it's, it was really the first time I started looking at Canadian music and where it was coming from. Cause there's also on the same record, Joni Mitchell is there and, and, and Neil Diamond Young's there and, and Neil Young. And, and you suddenly realize that, that uh, much the same way that when Randy Backman talks about Canadian music, um, how extraordinary rich the history of music is in this country and, yeah. and how strong, even at the height of sort of the British invasion or the, you know, the, 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 the birth of rock and roll in America in the sixties, how, how present Canadian artists are Absolutely. Um, despite being such a small country. And it's, it's Robbie Robertson for that reason and the band uh, and their link to Dylan just all sort of wraps it up. And this is, as I said, one of the most beautiful songs they did. Right. And, well, so and, and again, live. Yeah, well, ex exactly. I mean, and I, and I, I've always said that this is the best live album of all time. I mean, I, and for those listening who want to check it out, it's actually, uh, they recently uploaded it to Crave TV. So if you have a, uh, a Crave TV subscription, you can check it out. I mean, that, that, that's sort of, I, I think I've gone, watched it now three or four times uh, since I've been uh, isolating and, and just sort of holed up in my house. Uh, and, and it never ceases to amaze me just the, the amount of talent um, and I think there was, there was a point, I think it must have been in around 2009 or something where, um, during Luminato, uh, in Toronto, they tried to break the record for the most people playing the same song on guitar at once. Um, and they put out a poll asking what the most Canadian song 
uh, is, and, and they picked Helpless by Neil Young, but the version where he plays it with the band and with Joni Mitchell. Um, so that was sort of my introduction to this, uh, to this album, uh, was getting to go down to Young and Dundas Square uh, and stand with, I think it was about 5,000 people all simultaneously playing Helpless by Neil Young uh, on, uh, on guitar, which was uh, quite a powerful moment, but I think it really speaks to the, to the staying power of, uh, of Robbie Robertson's music and, and, and Neil Young's music as well, but, but, but also just the, the importance of this as a, as a live concert film and, and concert album. Um, it's a great piece of music. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, so with that, uh, let's listen to it. Uh, this is the band with It Makes No Difference off of their live album, The Last Waltz on CGRU. <laughs> Telling you that I 
You just heard the band with It Makes No Difference uh, off of their live album, The Last Waltz. Uh, we are here having a chat with Adam Vaughn. Uh, next up, you've got another live tune for us. You've got uh, George Harrison uh, with one of the tracks from Live in Japan. What do you like about this one? Well, look, I mean, as, as I think my, my secret musical sort of I, the, the first album i ever bought was a george harrison album all things must pass right. you know and i grew up in a household where my parents listened to the beatles and dylan and stuff but but um for, for some reason i mean i you know everyone loves john and, and respects paul and ringo's a lot of fun but george to me was always the one i identified with i don't know why right. it just was and his solo albums uh, you know they they, they he, he's not a, i wouldn't call him a great musician i i think he's written some stunningly beautiful songs as right. both as a Beatle and afterwards uh, right to the very end uh, his final album brainwashed had some great stuff in it mm. but the thing about about Harrison that always bugged me was he was a great guitar player and he never mm. really sort of just let it all hang out mm -hmm. there's a couple of spaces where you can kind of see it but but this this particular uh, version from Japan um, Clapton convinces him to go on tour one last time. It right. turns out to be his last real tour um, and convinces him to accompany him to Japan and, and hang out. And this is after Clapton has, you know, run off with, with Harrison's wife and all that sort of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, they have a very complex friendship, but right. they, but, but he goes off and he plays and he plays, a, you know, a bunch of new music or, or post Beatle music and a bunch of Beatles stuff. And for, I think it's Clapton's there and Clapton joins him on a couple of like, well, my guitar gently weeps where he joined him in the studio on the white album, but he also joins him on stage here. Mm. He, he's on stage with him a couple of times and Harrison just lets loose. Yeah. And it's one of the few times he's such a controlled musician and such a, and such a finicky record producer. He almost always, maybe this is one of the reasons I like the live stuff is you can't overproduce it. Right. Whereas the studio stuff you can. And I think Harrison was always massively overproduced and, and, he buried his guitar playing buried. He has so little ego. He kept burying, burying it in all the songs. Right. But on this one, an old Beatles classic, he just lays into the guitar and it's, it's, it's like, yeah, that's, that's why I like them. I, yeah. You can hear it in the, it is part of every song, but this is one of the few albums where you get to hear it every single time he, he starts right. to sing or play. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's to me, uh, finding this song, um, my, my young kids, my, my son is a big Beatles fan. And I said, have you ever heard this version? Goes, no, no. He's usually t showing me things from the, the archives, <laughs> the BBC that were found 13 years ago, buried in a vault somewhere. Mm. And I said, listen to this one. He went, yeah, that's pretty cool, Papa. Yeah. <laughs> so so I like this version. And, I, and there's a lot of Harrison stuff I like. I also like the, the sentimentality of a lot of his love songs. Right. And, 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 the, and the sort of the, when, when he was really into the Krishna and the, and the sort of, uh, it was really sort of exploring that side of his of his spirituality. You know, it, it gets a bit like it gets a bit it gets in the way of the songs sometimes. <laughs> but but, but there, there there's something sweet about Harrison's music that that I that I like. There's a gentleness to it that, yeah. that in contrast to a lot of other hard sort of rock and roll or more aggressive protest stuff, is there. Uh, and, and there's there's always sort of a there's always kind of a, a unique little personal reflection in his music, and that that's captured in the lyric here. Right. Um, but it, but the guitar work is, is this is why I like George so much is he's he was a great guitar player it, probably right. a better one younger than older but right. but uh, on this one he hasn't lost much of his skill he's 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 there to be seen for all Still the enjoy. Well, so yeah. I'm interested in this idea. This is something that we, we've talked about with a few of our guests on the show. I mean, because a number of our guests who are musicians, um, their parents were also musicians. So I'm very interested in just the the degree to which sort of parents shape 
musical taste, both with you being shaped by your parents, uh, you know, to the extent that they were fans of Dylan and the Beatles, and and also the way that you're shaping your own kids' music taste. Um, like, how did you sort of, like, how has your family um, influenced your music taste, and how do you think you're shaping your kids' music taste? Because, I mean, I, I find that kids tend to either rebel against what their parents are listening to or, or, you know, and, you know, or they tend to embrace, embrace it. Um, full on, where, where do you sort of find yourself on that? Well, in terms of, I didn't come from, our family wasn't a very musical family. None of us really, really can sing or play or, or dance or, or do any of that sort of stuff. But, but, um, my dad was, was always really into music much more so than my mom. Uh, and, and he, he, I remember we had a great night one night. I remember it was long before he passed away, but we, we got very drunk one night and we were sitting at the record collection trying to find the greatest song ever written. Right. And it was, oh yeah, you think that's great? Listen to this one. Oh yeah, you <laughs> think that? And, and we had a very, at that point we realized we had a very similar record taste because we had virtually the same records as each other. Right. Um, and, and there were a lot of songs that were sort of along the lines of Maggie Farm and, and you know, Lennon, you know, with Imagine or, or what have you. And the song that I remember, the song that that uh, that won and that uh, put everyone to shame was Paul Robeson, uh, "The Street I Live On," and right. and it's it's that mix of 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 powerful lyric, powerful life story, powerful powerful sound. And I remember he played that late at the night, and we all just sort of sat there, and I was just like, "Wow!" Which is, it was, and it was the version again, a live version. It was his last concert in New York City at at uh, the, the first Baptist Church of Harlem. And he'd been through hell as a as a communist and as a protester and as a civil rights leader and as a, an African American, you know, he was a the guy was amazing. Right? He was an Ivy League scholar, a football player, and a, and a you know legendary opera singer, and and uh, and and sang the spirituals like nobody else. But also was a globally a politically um, active uh, advocate for, for, uh, humanitarian labor causes. He was, he was really quite something. I remember Norman Otis Richmond, who I referenced earlier, who was sort of one of my mentors at CKLN. I remember him introducing during the, uh, the arts against apartheid week that United Way, uh, celebrated in, in, uh, in, in Toronto before Mandela was out of jail. I remember, uh, I remember Norman Otis Richmond coming on stage. I think it was to introduce Harry Belafonte. Right. And and introduced him by saying, I'm, I'm, uh, "It's the honor of my life to stand on a stage where Paul Robeson has sung the truth." Wow. And 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 uh, but when my dad played that song, it was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a hell of a song. It's 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 one I should have probably included it now that I'm thinking. <laughs> about it. But 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 um, it 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 that was the that's the way music was was delivered to me it was like sit down listen to this you got to hear this and and it was never just a great song it was always a great lyric and a great and and a great an artist who was trying to do more than just than just entertain and and you know like my dad is the person who introduced me to bob marley right uh minister grange from from jamaica was an old friend of his from from back in the day along bathurst street and contrast magazine and she had taken my dad to um to uh to, to see Dylan in the gardens and my dad was a huge reggae fan from there on after. And, and, and I remember, you know, it's, 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 it's when you, when you, I think what I picked up from my dad and what I think my son has is that when you jump into a person's song catalog, you listen to the whole thing to, to yeah. see the full range. It's not just one or two songs. One hit wonders don't factor high in my life. Right. Uh, but right. at the same time, um, I think that if I've given anything to my son, I mean, I think my, my son was, you know, uh, when he first started to sort of pick up CDs and plug them into the machine, 
uh, the Beatles were all there. I, you know, as, as, as any, as any good kid would, I had all my songs lined up, you know, so <laughs> chron- chronologically and stuff. And Salvador is, is one of those kids that likes everything organized. Yeah. When he watches a TV show, he watches every episode in the right order. Yeah. He's, he's very, but he, and this is where it's, it's funny. He's his, his mom insisted that he take guitar lessons. He's a really great little guitar player and really, 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 really into, into the Beatles. Uh, so it's, it's kind of fun to see, my dad introduced me. I introduced my son, and my son is actually finally. I'm like my dad. And I has has some musical talent. And can play. Yeah, just three generations <laughs> down the road, someone finally, finally picks up the guitar. <laughs> and so it's interesting to see where he takes that. But but um, but it's it's uh, yeah. I, I think I think you know the way in which music is present in your life, the way in which it it comes to you, and the way in which your family socializes, the way your your family and friends use music in their lives uh, the way it's talked about the way you know a song or a or a riff or a lyric is is highlighted i think that's part of the way you learn to absorb music and that's part of the way you share it and it's not surprising that that uh, some musicians you know are sort of transferred father to son to, to 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 from father to son from father to son yeah or for that matter from mom to daughter or what have you it's it's yeah. it's uh you know it, it it's it's what makes music timeless is that it can be shared through generations Yeah, brilliant. All right. Well, I can't put it any better than that. This is George Harrison uh, live in Japan with I Want to Tell You on CJRU.
Um, already, you just heard George Harrison with I Want to Tell You. Uh, we are here having a chat with Adam Vaughn. And uh, next up, we've got another uh, Soka song. Uh, we've got David Rudder with Calypso Music. Uh, what can you tell us about this one? Well, it was, it was, I, I knew I wanted to put a Rudder song on the list. And, and it, he, he's, he's, in many ways, um, the, the sort of the poet laureate of, of Trinidad, although Trinidad's got a lot of competition in the right. ground. And the minute I say that, 15 other folks from Trinidad and Tobago might take me on. <laughs> who, who am I to declare that? But for, but for me, it's, 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 um, he's, he's probably the first soak artist that, that I, I think is as poetically and as politically and as, as um, soulfully invested in, in the, the use of soca, which is largely a, you know music for 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 fun, he, he's probably the most serious of them all right. in, in terms of in terms of his his uh, the way he writes and the way he presents. And I, I've played mass a couple of times, and and uh, you know when 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 Rudder has been the musician, and it's not as much now. Now the DJs sort of dominate more on the trucks, but back in the day. The, the musician themselves with a live band would be on the truck going down the road. So right. when you're, when you're in sort of two or three days of listening to nothing but rudder, he, he leaves an imprint on your imagination. Right. right. Um, and so, and, and, and it's, it's, he, you know, Trinidad is also such a small place that, that, that it's not uncommon to sort of bump into the person at a restaurant. I think the last time I bumped into him, I was entering a Chinese food restaurant on one of the days of, of carnival. Right. Uh, and there he was, you know, and he said, you're right. I remember we from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's a quite a character though. Right. <laughs> he, he can be a little sour at times, <laughs> but, <laughs> but his music is as sweet, as sweet, as sweet as any mango you'll ever get your hands on. Uh, and Brilliant. this, and, and so I was, I, the song I wanted, I was going to do was, was a song called the hammer. And it's a, it's a song about a, 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 a pan master, a guy who makes, makes steel drums up in Laventil, which is one of the, one of the poorest neighborhoods in, in, uh, in Port of Spain and Trinidad, where he comes from, right. and this guy was was a master with the hammer and tuning a tuning a, a, a steel drum, but also there's a line in the move in the song about he, he, you know, he could he could he could beat a drum, but he could also beat a troublemaker too. Right. Um, but it, but it, the song is is so much better live and in person than it than it is in the studio. The studio almost feels too slow and too quiet and too clean. Right. And so so I started so I, I didn't pick that one. I was going to, but I, the one I settled on was. Uh, the, the one that uh, that probably sort of defines the, the joy of what Calypso is, Calypso music, because as a studio song and as sort of an anthem to, and, a, and an ode to the love of the music itself, it, right. it, it kind of captures both the, the spirit of the musicality, the, the politic of Calypso, the humor and the cleverness of the lyric, uh, but also the deep and, and the, one of the things that you, that you very, very um, quickly learn is the passion around uh, carnival and soca and mass and and the culture of Trinidad is something so prized in the hearts and minds of, of Trinis that that this song and, and the reason Rudder holds such a special place in, in in the culture is that is that he has a way of of just nailing it when yeah. when, when he when he when he uh, when he puts down a lyric he's 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 a cherished prize you, you can say that that, that he's he's the uh, the bob marley of trinidad but that does a disservice to both of them right. rudder is rudder and trinidad is trinidad and and calypso and soca is calypso and soca 
um, you know, it's, 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 you can make that comparison, but all you're doing is taking two countries out of the Caribbean. You're not really doing an honor to either one of those right, two right, geniuses, right. but Rudder is, Rudder is something to behold. And he's one of my all time favorites uh, across any, any, any genre of music. And you can, right. hear it. you can hear it when you hear it. Brilliant. All right. Well, hopefully this, uh, this song does him justice. Uh, this is Calypso Music by David Rudder on CJRU. I can still hear like 
That was David Rudder with Calypso Music on CJRU. Uh, if you're just joining us, we are here having a chat with Adam Vaughn, uh, Member of Parliament for Spadina Fort York. Uh, and it's time now for our CanCon Quota segment of the show. Uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, 30% of the content played on Canadian radio has to be Canadian. Uh, so I've asked Adam to pick a Canadian album for us. Uh, Adam, what have you got? Canaan. You know, I, I heard I heard 
when I was working at City TV and Much Music, you'd sort of, you know, just walking through uh, from the front door to the back of the newsroom, you'd have to pass, uh, you'd have to pass uh, um, the Much Music studios. And so there'd always be some music on, you know, it wasn't uncommon to turn around and see, you know, David Bowie walking through the halls. So you're trying to get your six o'clock on air and hey, get out of the way. I'm in, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> Jeez. And if you, if you hang around much longer, I'll have to ask for an autograph. But, but, uh, but I remember walking through one day and, and, much music didn't always have the best relationship to rap and, and to local music. They're they right. pretty forward facing to the, to the planet, but they, 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 they did, uh, they did through, through factor and some other things, they did have a way of getting local artists on, onto the, onto the scene um, with, with uh, master T and all those folks. But mm-hmm. um, one day I saw this video of, of this young kid because he was a skinny little kid yeah. and, and he was, he was, I don't think he was doing this song, but he was, it was, I think it was the dusty foot philosopher he was doing, but um, it just struck you as the, 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 the unique sound, his voice is, is, is like none other. His, his musicality is, is, you know, it can only come out of a place with the combination of sounds like Toronto does. Right. Uh, and it was, it was just such a great video. And, and so who's that? And, and started to sort of track into it. Uh, and then by chance, I'm trying to remember who it was that knew, but, but um, somebody had a connection to him and said, yeah, I know him. And I said, what do you mean you know him? And he said, he's from, he's from Etobicoke. And it's like, wow. <laughs> and then his album came out and it was, it was everything I like about Dylan. Mm-hmm. The, the, the smart and clever and, and, and angular sort of, and, and, and riddles in his lyric, the, 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 the real range of musicality, the rawness of it, the originality of it, the pain the, the, the and, and, and some sweetness too there's some yeah. there's some really beautiful stuff uh, there's a song on the second old Fatima which which is it's heartbreaking uh, and and I was doing a, a weekly show on on CP24 right. and I it was supposed to it was called our town it's supposed to be about politics um, but but canine was political there was yeah. you, know, you, you can hear it in the music when, when mm-hmm. you hear it but but uh, there'd been a whole set of shootings um, up in North Etobicoke was when North Etobicoke first really in some ways caught fire with, with a, a summer with, with a lot of, uh, a lot of street violence. And, mm-hmm. and he was coming straight out of those communities singing about those on it. And I said, I want to do a, I want to do a, a show with you. I want you to, 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 to walk me through. And I remember I got set up and, and, and connected to him and started talking with him and said, uh, why don't we do the show up in, up in Jamestown, up in Rexdale. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, uh, and this is, I really, uh, to this day, I remember this conversation, have has such respect for him. He said, no, he said, so the community's grieving. When, when a community's grieving, you don't come in with camera lights and, and create a spectacle. That's rude. Right. You know, it's, it's show some respect. Uh, I'll do that. I'll, I'll do it with you. And, and I'll, I'll do, I'll do, I'll talk about it with you, but we'll, we're going to do it down in your studios. Right. And I said, I said, uh, on one condition, I said, I said, is it, you tell me that on there. Because yeah, that's, wow. that's, that's a smart lesson for, for people from outside a community to, to listen to, understand, and take to heart. And it, it helped me immensely through the rest of my political career as, as good sound advice. Is, is you're, you, you know, when you, when you come from a place of, of, of always being welcome because you've got a TV camera behind you, or you come out of a out of a scenario where you're on Queen Street and you're growing up with everybody and you're part of the scene and it's, and it's yeah. your your neighborhood, your culture, your vibe. Um, when you when you cross the street or, or move into a different part of the city and you jump into a different genre of music and you introduce yourself to a new community of people, 
um, you've got to come there with a great deal more humility than a lot of us do when we're young. And I think it was his advice to me was, was uh, shared wisdom that I took to heart. And, and I've always loved his music. Uh, he, he almost lost me when he started doing songs for FIFA and the World Cup. <laughs> flag. But, but at the same time, I remember being up in Georgian Bay at a friend's cottage on some long weekend. And a bunch of families had gathered from school that hadn't seen each other for a while. And you know, people there from London, from Washington, folks from, from the States, kid from Spain. And it was right after the World Cup and they were all singing Canaan's song. And I thought, look at that, you know, a, a young voice that comes out of, out of uh, a tough corner of, of, of Toronto yeah. that's helped with, you know, and don't forget this, that, that uh, following what happened in 95 after the Young Street riots and some of the, the challenges we were facing that we have yet to resolve around racism in our city and around, right. around how low-income communities are policed, um, there was a huge investment in what was fresh arts and that's where Remix comes from. It's where a bunch mm-hmm. of other folks come from. Um, his, his walk to, to, to the world stage, I think he'd have got there anyways, but, but a large part of it was putting him into a studio and putting a microphone in front of him yeah. and letting him learn that craft at a young age so that when he was a young performer, he, he was ready for a global, a global impact. And there, here are these kids singing a song. And I was thinking back to meeting him and thinking back, wow. Um, you know, a voice that, that is born of Mogadishu that grows up in Etobicoke but makes its way around the planet um, all has to do with how we invest and how we create community and how that investment in community and local talent and local culture and the, and the voice of, of people you might not necessarily listen to. Um, there's so much wisdom that you can access through music if you're smart about it right. and you're sensitive to it and you listen. And uh, Kanan's one of those guys you can listen to. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting, I mean, that you talk about Waving Flag. I mean, because, you know, that was his big hit and that introduced him to, like you said, the world stage. But he has such an impressive body of work um, aside from that. So, I mean, I, I have just sort of two follow-up thoughts. I mean, what, what, what are some instances where you've sort of taken that lesson? I mean, you know, you, you surely, I mean, you've been in politics a long time. And, um, and without a doubt, there have been, you know, tragedies that have happened within the time that you've been in politics. So what are some instances where you have taken that lesson and really applied it? Um, and then I guess just to expand on what you were just talking about, like how, like how do you think, um, or how, what, what do you see the government's role being in sort of supporting local artists? So there's three, three questions in that. The first one is, and, and three three learnings that I'd share with you. The first one is is that uh, people's lived experience are the experts, right? And and listen to them. You know, it's 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 y- your curiosity might draw you to their table, but if you want to sit at that table, you have to do it respectfully and listen. And I think that's that's one of the most important things that politics um, has been. My politics has been informed by, and it, and it, and you know the the conversation with Canaan is part of that learning experience. The second thing mm-hmm. is, is that um, in, in terms of, of, of being in community, you may, you might be a member of parliament. Uh, you know, you might be a, you might be a big TV star, but at the end of the day, you're serving people. And that's, right. that's a, a bastardization of a Dylan lyric there, but, but uh, you got to serve somebody. And, and in that process, when you're, when you're coming to, to, to work with people, you're working with them. You're not working for them and you're not leading them. You're working with them, and that means you work on, on their terms as much as your terms. And it means you, you have to, you, again, you have to listen, and you have to be humble about about the the, the 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 absolute privilege it is 
which is to be invited into their communities and close to their hearts uh, in order to in order to work. And that gets a little bit back to the first, but it also moves on to the second one, which is that not everybody stands up and delivers a political speech. Not everyone writes a great essay, and not everybody um, is is the leader of a movement. Um, politics and culture emerge out of unexpected places and unexpected corners, and, and are shared and delivered through through all kinds of different practices and mediums. You know, right. whether it's a, a drum circle or whether it's 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 you know the, the tradition of dub poetry, which which Kanan is 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 part of, in terms of his lived experience in in uh, uh, in, in Rexdale, or whether it's it's the the role that poetry plays as a political vehicle. Um, as a part of an oral culture that he talks about coming out of Mogadishu, is that politics and culture and perspective can come out of any corner of any country of any city. And if you don't actively go looking for it, it doesn't necessarily get found. And if it doesn't get found, it doesn't get shared to a wider audience. And, and the, the joy and miracle of, of communication um, is, is lost to, 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 uh, to structures that have nothing to do with, with, with how we move forward. So um, he talks about this a little bit. Uh, in his music and, and others do as well. But, but the, the, the value of investing into local culture is that local culture invests back into you. And, yeah. and, and uh, the reason CanCon is so important, the reason local artists are so important, the reason listening for new voices is so critical um, is because you just don't know where that talent lies and where that next great idea is coming from. And just as perfect pitch is born, you know, in, in any person, in any generation, in any geographic or cultural location around the planet perfect mm -hmm. pitch is what it is the gift of lyric and the gift of song and the gift of music um it it, it can land anywhere and if you don't look for it everywhere you're not going to find it all so so right. i think i think canaan teaches us that um and and his his gifts have, have been fantastic to the world and yeah. and he's one of my favorite artists and and uh he probably made the list with or without a Canadian content role. Right. All right. Brilliant. Well, uh, let's give him a listen. We're going to listen to three songs off of uh, the Dusty Foot Philosopher. This is Canon on CJRU. Like it's order, releasing your tension, the stress and disorder is big in America. Stephanie, Erica, both of them suffer from living in Harry Cuz. Living is very competitive, hassling creditors, hazardous accidents, driving with negligence, too many beverages. People got too many things on their lettuces. TVs, deadliest, professing the ugliest. What the hell you keep on killing me for? Please, won't you come and bend down low? Let me tell you what little I know, and if it's worth something, spread it indeed like shit and vomit that's under your feet. I was born in a pot, boiling black and hot, waiting to be tasted and rapping a lot. But justice would not come and eat my flesh. Instead, I had poverty to feed my stress until my life became an oat to the gun. Not needed like an overcoat to the sun. So I thought I was just made to exist, not to live or change and resist. But fear will have you believe in fear. Paralyzed, have you believed in tears? This is the therapy needed to use it music is water you know what my proof is what? people need music like they need excuses people need water like kanye's jesus
Jump in the pool and you know, get yourself together and sing and sing. My people drum on water, drink on water, live on water, die for water. My people drum on water, drink on water, live on water, die for water. And so we begin. Talk to you directly. I can't ignore, I can't escape. And ask cause you affect me. You cripple me, you shackle me, you shatter my whole future in front of me. This energy is killing me. I gotta let it pour like blood up. Let me kill what they tend to get us over. Let me kill what we tend to get us over. Let me kill what we tend to get us over. Let me kill what we tend to get us over.
Yeah. You know, I don't really think about my past negatively. Cause I know it's what got me here. Start out, just to vibe out I ain't about to bow wow I'm more gangster than you are But I ain't about to rap rap My season will come, it has to Honestly, I feel like I'm 10 months pregnant Or something, I'm past due Sincerely, I'm touchy these days I can't take nothing I'm trying to treat my record like the law Shit, I'm down to break something I'm mostly, I'm up and stressing When other folks sleep Believe me, I know struggle This struggle knows me My life owes me Like an overdose, I'm slowly Drifting into the arms of trouble And trouble holds me and nothing else is close to me more than pain unfortunately like a self-fulfilling prophecy i'm supposed to be struggling and it's troubling in the circumstance i'm dwelling in i find myself in the corner huddling with some angry men and i gotta settle shit again before they gotta kill again i'm struggling and it's troubling in the circumstance i'm dwelling in i find myself in the corner huddling with some angry men and I gotta settle shit again before they gotta kill I again. should be chilling on beaches Instead my bone freezes Stuck in glocks and I walks Sorta like Jesus The realest thing for me is Since I was a fetus The only break I ever got Was at recess So legitimately I remain very little relieved Than you thug rappers I remain very little intrigued But can you blame me? Look how we lived in the late 80s Throwing rocks at the crazy ladies And when we play these crazy games the whole crew had crazy names We even had a cripple we used to call them Lazy Legs But my faith remains Untouched and unchanged Still in my block you hear more shots than a gun range I'm struggling and it's troubling In the circumstance I'm dwelling in I find myself in the corner huddling With some angry men And I gotta settle shit again before they gotta Said I am struggling and it's troubling in the circumstance I'm dwelling in I find myself in the corner huddling With some angry men And I gotta settle shit again Before they gotta kill again More to the truth, no writing Just record me at the booth Forced by the loop and the guitar But I'm the boss of the groove I speak truth, my deep roots remain in equal danger The pain of my song is crazy But the sequel is stranger Amen I'm from the hardest, hardest projects They departed I'm now known as a recording artist Spilling what little remains of your memories In the process Bitter but little For making your names into a colossus Believe me I'm thankful my brother's still with me And ain't much change Bobby's still troubling with me And Bush is still bombing Poor people, yo, we deadly And me, I got a little recording gig But evidently I'm struggling And it's troubling in the circumstance I'm dwelling in, I find myself in the corner huddling with some angry men. And I gotta settle shit again before they got Said I am struggling, and it's troubling. In the circumstance I'm dwelling in, I find myself in the corner huddling with some angry men. And I gotta settle shit again before they gotta kill again. I'm struggling, and it's troubling. In the circumstance I'm dwelling in, I find myself in the corner huddling with some angry men. And I gotta settle shit again before they gotta kill again. All right, you just heard three songs from The Dusty Foot Philosopher by Kanon on CJRU. We are just wrapping up this hour of having a chat with uh, Spadina Fort York MP Adam Vaughn. Um, and we've been talking a lot about sort of the importance of sort of nurturing um, uh, local talent, local artists. Uh, and, you know, Adam, I know that you are a, you're a big advocate for the importance of cities. Um, and uh, so, 
like we did at the beginning, I want to end with another local artist, uh, Deanna Petkoff with Terribly True. Um, but do you, do you have any parting words for us? Perhaps just any, any, any ending thoughts on, on the importance of music uh, to our city? Look, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things that knits the different communities and the different generations together. It's, it's, uh, it's a really remarkable unifying force. And, and it also is a great, um, it, 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 it creates inclusion in ways that, that politicians and civic organizers can only dream of. It, it, a great song is a great song and, and uh, um, you know, everyone can get behind it. I remember, you know, when the Parachute Club emerged out of Queen Street um, and how unique that sound was to, right. to, 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 to Canada, to Toronto. Um, there are very few places in the world where music like that emerges. One of my favorite stories is a, is a, a school around the corner from what the, the bamboo on Queen Street, um, up Ord Street Public School, where, where for a, a French immersion class uh, to celebrate Chinese New Year's, right. uh, a group of young kids, most of whom's parents were, were local musicians, and many came from the Caribbean, sang a reggae song in French about Chinese New Year's. That kind of cross-cultural um, experiment yeah, and and that kind of cross cultural product in terms of producing producing a, a unique little musical interlude, um, that doesn't happen everywhere in the world, no. and and maybe it only happens in one city in the world, and maybe it only happens in one neighborhood in that city. But I doubt mm -hmm. that. My sense is is that as you look at everything from Weekend to Drake to 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 uh, the artists you've chosen, is you can see the collaboration of different culture, different music, different values, different life experiences. Yeah. Uh, dancing together in a way that I think um, is 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 remarkable, and I, I I celebrate it as 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 a Torontonian because it's one of the few cities in the world where it happens as as often and sometimes mm -hmm. as effortlessly and sometimes with as large a global impact as the stuff you see that comes off stages and into the studios and out to the world from Toronto. So, uh, music to me is a huge part of of how I experience, live, and understand the city I love. And uh, even though my taste is a little <laughs> esoteric at times, um, <laughs> I've never not walked down the street and gone past Cameron House on a Saturday night and not stopped in to listen to something and, and uh, fall in love all over again. So right. uh, God bless musicians and let's hope uh, as soon as this separation and COVID lifts, the first thing we do is all sit down and, and, uh, and uh, or stand up and dance and celebrate uh, the great gifts that are given to us. All right. So... It's been a couple of months since we taped this episode, and in that time, a lot has happened in the world. The deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Sean Reed, Tony McCade, and in Toronto, Regis Korchinski Paquette, along with an enormous amount of unjustified and uncalled for police violence in response to the growing protest movements around North America and around the world have given us cause to step back and think and assess the racial inequities that exist in our society and really the structural flaws that exist in our society. And I hope that in response to this, people will do more than just post on social media and forget about it 24 hours later. I hope that people will keep these issues at the front of their minds, acknowledge and understand their privilege, and use that privilege to lift up black voices rather than attempting to dominate the conversation with their own. Pause, reflect, 
read and discuss and do what you can to support organizations like Black Lives Matter, as well as the numerous bail funds that have been set up across the United States, as well as the GoFundMe campaigns for the families of those killed by police officers. So with that, uh, I'm going to be posting the links to places where folks can read, research, and donate in the description for this episode. So uh, be sure to check that out. And to wrap up this week's episode, thanks very much to Adam for coming on. And this is Deanna Petkoff with Terribly True on CGRU.